0: What's up, sports fans, and welcome to yet another episode of Low Expectations. Um tonight you've got Jenny Coco, that is me. Uh Kiki Gruders in the house. Good evening. Haley Hillsland. What's up? And we'll tell you who our guest is in a second. So you have to keep listening. Um, We're going to once again, beg you to like our Instagrams. Um, we're getting Zuckerberg over here and we need those, uh, those ratings to go up. Um, Another reminder, you heard us gush about our visors, our brand new Sugarloaf collaboration tour visors, the Supdog collection. They are beautiful. I just got mine in the mail just this week and it was the best day of my week. So cop one of those before they're all out. I think we have maybe like 20 left. Um, 14. So, 14. Oh my God. Yeah, Get them while they're fair. hot. I know. And I mean, by the time you're listening to this, which is two days in the future, there might be seven. So don't waste any time because we'll never make them again. So sure. there's that. Um, but anyway, um, tonight we are really, really honored to be joined by Dennis J. pioski aka DJ Pi of Golf Media Powerhouse No Laying Up. NLU started out as a group chat between college friends from Miami, Ohio, which then became a shared Twitter account, which then became a blog, and today is a true golf content juggernaut that records three different podcasts, produces boatloads of really enjoyable video content, has a membership platform, hosts nationwide events, and, as you know, owns a rental property at Sweetens Cove, um, which is pretty cool. So DJ, welcome to the pod.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I I would, uh, you know, I'm a short time listener, first time caller, since I know you guys have only had a few episodes, but uh, thrilled to be here.
0: I mean, we're honored anytime anybody listens. So, especially, (laughs) especially you. Um, a real pro.
1: I had to think for a second what our third podcast was. You kind of threw me off for a second there, but yeah, that is that is right. We do have three. That's oh, great. we do
0: our research on here. We <laughs> we use the Google machine twenty four hours in advance, like you wouldn't
1: believe. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to post some more episodes. That's a good reminder of on the Crash Course Pod. But anyway, yeah, that's neither, neither here nor there. Yeah, how are you guys?
0: We're very excited. Yeah, yeah we're pumped happy to be here. Excellent. <laughs> Um, So we are obviously so excited because we're really, really huge fans of NLU. So it's actually, um, you're one of the biggest guests we've had so far in terms of fame. Um, And we were so pumped when Neil kind of offered you up um, to come on the podcast. Um, And here you are. Um, but we know that you are, some have described you as like the fifth member of NLU. Um, some have said the thumb to the NLU hand. I don't know if you've heard that before. We got that from <laughs> a question from the listeners a bit better than bogey. Um, so how exactly did you come to become the consigliere of the NLU franchise?
1: Uh- You threw a lot at me there to digest. Great question. We just heard the thumb thing. Yeah. I only heard the thumb thing because uh, (laughs) I think it originated with Randy. He always used to say, John Rahm looks like a thumb. And uh, that has always stuck with me as one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. And so at first were like, Oh yeah. People have considered the thumb of NLU. I was like, fuck man. I'm I'm like,
0: (laughs) not. Yeah. Okay. I think (laughs) I
1: get that, but what's uh, a hand without the thumb, you know? Yeah. No, that's a much nicer way to think about it. So, (laughs) to, to answer your, uh, actual question. Uh, so basically I, I, you know, the short version of my background is I went to college in Peoria, Illinois, got a journalism degree, started working for golf week magazine for a couple of years, covering, uh, like junior and college and amateur golf and, uh, kind of all things digital for golf week. And, uh, after that, I worked for the PJ Tour for five or six years in a bunch of different capacities. And then through that role, I was kind of doing a lot of social media stuff for the PJ Tour. And, you know, in doing that, you kind of have to keep your thumb, uh, I would say, on the pulse of uh, what's going on in the world of golf. And obviously, one of the biggest uh, social media accounts that kept uh, blowing us up all day was uh, No Laying Up. And so through that, I met Solly through that I met Tron uh and ended up just honestly having. I just obviously became a massive fan of the podcast and all the social media stuff that they were doing and uh through that ended up just having a random dinner with Tron in Atlanta when I was there for the Tour Championship and uh we ended up just kind of becoming great friends uh after that we always joke that you know how did you guys meet it's like yeah we were kind of just friends from the internet uh and ended up meeting in real life. Uh, we got along great. Our wives got along great. And, um, so Tron and his wife kind of, you know, it, something clicked for them when they came down and visited one year during the players championship, just as like a, why don't we live here? They were living in, in Boston. And, uh, I think watching that their, sucks. Yeah. I think they were maybe reaching that same conclusion as far as, uh, you know, financially and, uh, kids raising wise, uh, it was going to be a little tough to, to keep swinging what they were trying to swing. And so they like, yeah, why don't we move down to the, the land of low cost goods and services, uh, Jacksonville. And so they moved down here and then I was ready to, to kind of start doing something else. Um, ready to move on from the PJ tour. And that was kind of, I think my, my goal, if I had one or my, my, I don't know, half three quarter baked plan was to, um, basically find a couple of these like niche golf companies. Um, I have a very weird, uh, I, I feel like my, my skill set is very uh, wide, not super deep. And uh, so I was like, you know, I think I can do enough things just well enough for some small companies who probably can't afford to hire full-time people to do these things. And the two that stuck out to me as like, the dream companies that were, you know, if I was, if I had a bazillion dollars and was going to go start golf companies, what would I do? And it was no laying up and the golfer's journal, uh, which was a magazine that I, uh, am the contributing editor for and, and ended up, uh, tricking them into, to paying me to do some work for them as well. And so, yeah, kind of, uh, is a a long rambling explanation, but, uh, jumped ship from the PJ tour and kind of split time between those two entities for, uh, a couple years. And then eventually as, as NLU and the golfer's journal really has, has you know, continued to grow and expand and grow and expand. Uh, now I'm, I mostly, I would say 95% uh, working on no laying up stuff and still try to write a golfer's journal story or two each year. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how it came to be.
0: Wow! Wow! Just through an internet friend, there's hope for us all.
1: That's it. Yeah, I would well, that's say. It. Don't yeah. be afraid to
0: reach out, people. I think yeah. people sometimes feel creepy when they like DM us or whatever, but then we like actively talk about them as if they're our friends, like these oh, people God. that we know through Instagram or through Gruder Golf in some soon sort of enough, way. Soon enough,
1: soon enough, they may be. I think the the thing that I always joke about with with my wife is, uh, you know, the first couple times that happened, it was like, "Oh, where are you going?" It's like, oh, "I'm going to play golf with." this guy from the internet that I met and it's the way I always say is like, do you, do you know how hard it would be to fake this or to like, to like be a serial killer who also is so deep in like golf minutia stuff. It's like, man, I, you know, I, f- knock on wood, but like I, th- I think I would be able to sniff it out like pretty, pretty quick. I mean, so, that
0: would be quite a niche too. You exa- know, that yeah,
1: would. Adolting yeah, I don't want to- serial I killer. I don't want to. am sure anybody, there's some out there. I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's how it started. Friends from the internet.
0: Well, so it's interesting that you say that you feel like you have all of this, like, wide array of skills, but not super deep. I would disagree with that because we are, like, super obsessed with the video content that you guys produce. It's really, I've never seen anything like it. It's some of the best stuff. And, you know we started Gruder golf in you know 2016 and from there kind of just tried to like immerse ourselves completely in all things golf all the time and i feel like i've learned so much from nlu and from you know there are all these courses and all these places that i never would have known you know peoria illinois being one of them um, <laughs> all these golf meccas that i just would know nothing about um
1: yeah, so, you know, hopefully we can we can trick to uh, to learning something as well along yeah, the way. Right? No, exactly. The, the cool high school teacher uh, playbook.
0: <laughs> yeah, so anybody, any of our listeners who haven't watched their stuff, go on YouTube, check it out. It's all good. It's well made. It's funny. It's engaging. Um, but at some point, you're gonna have to come on so we can ask you, you know, exclusively about all the video stuff. But we'll leave it at a few questions for now. Um, what's been your favorite piece that NLU's put out? Across the board, that's probably a really hard question for you.
1: That is a, you know, I I like them all, man. You know, it's uh, no, it's that's an interesting question. I think it's like I'm gonna, of course, this will be the first of I'm sure many cop outs throughout the the next hour here, but um, I think that they're all drastically, like, massively different, and that's obviously by design. I mean, I think something like the the point, I guess, in in what we do is you know, I think we spent a good probably year and a half, maybe even more, um, just kind of like throwing stuff against the wall and to, you know, seeing which cliches uh, stuck. And it was kind of just trying to, trying to kind of pick our like lanes or like our main, you know, tent poles to get in the, the marketing world. And it was like, this wild world of golf thing is, you know, there's a niche that's like, that's a good way into competitive golf or celebrity golf, or, you know, that's, that's a good fit for that strapped is much more of like a, here's kind of our, we always joke that it's our, our self-funded art project. Like there's our, you know, we can get weird. We can focus on the soul of the game and some more heartfelt stuff and blah, blah, blah tour of sauce is much more like people have probably wondered what Bandon dunes look looks like you know that haven't been able to go so let's you know work we'll be gracious enough to go in their place and so i think uh you know as far as like picking a favorite of course they're like drastically drastically different i think the one that hit me the hardest was uh there's been a couple i think the the karn episode of tour of sauce was like That was probably one of my favorites, just because it's one of the most unique places I think I've ever been, and just one of the—I don't know—it's just like dripping with earnestness, and there's not a lot of earnestness in the world, you know. There's not a lot of people who just like look at you and say exactly what they mean, and that is kind of Carn in a nutshell. It's just fucking awesome, and the other one was probably the the first episode of the um southern california strapped was uh i think i was editing that like right as all the covid shit was hitting the fan and it was kind of like no you know not that anybody has any answers now but it was like truly everything like everything was up in the air and it was very just I don't know, man, like, let's just, let's just look at some stuff on the golf course for a while. And there was a John Prine song at the end of that. It was right after John Prine died. And so I was like, I don't know if we're going to get sued, but I'm going to throw this in there. And uh, that one just like, yeah, that, that one hit me pretty hard. So those are the two that spring to mind, I guess.
0: Well, the small details really don't go unappreciated. I think, I mean, Twitter literally blows up every time you guys put out something. <laughs> Does that, is that weird kind of? <laughs> like. Uh, uh, a that,
1: that that's your word certainly uh no it's it's cool i mean i think what's what's really cool about it is uh it's so isolated inside of the world of golf like you know it's not like you go to the grocery store and you are a celebrity or anything like that but like I was hitting range balls today and these two kids came up and were like hey man like I was just watching the video and like that's really cool but it's all it's so hyper isolated to the golf course you know so it's like yeah if you're going to have like a of any modicum of recognition like that it's cool that it's it's kind of isolated to one place i guess
2: um so unlike a lot of other golf media outlets, Knoling um, Up has, has done a really good job actually of covering the women's game. You guys have attended a lot of the events, played in some of the pro-ams and you've interviewed a lot of the players. And actually we were just discussing before you hopped on here, how it seemed like you guys were really putting effort into that before it was like the thing to do um, to focus on on the women's golf instead of just the boys golf. So we are very appreciative of that and we've learned so much really about the LPGA, the players and the events and everything through, through the pod. So, so thank you. Um, And you're, you guys are also putting your money where your mouth is um, by sponsoring some of the LPGA developmental players through the young hitters program. So we want to get a little bit into what that is and sort of how the program came together how the sponsees were chosen, um, what they get with the sponsorship.
1: Sure, um, yeah, well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. I, I think that, you know, to, to say we've done a good job of it, we would probably push back a little bit. We're, we're constantly trying, but we still, I know there's a massive amount of room for improvement on that. But um, it's, I think to start at the beginning just a little bit, it's like, I think the thing for us is it quickly became apparent um, I think two things became really very very apparent. Three things, I guess. One is that, of course, like this is something worthwhile. So that so that's number one. Thank two, you. <laughs> two two. Uh, it's really hard to work with the PJ tour, and that's not the PJ tour's fault. That's just you know the the you know, nature of, of the game in that there's a lot more media requests. There's a lot more media dollars. There's a lot more contracts. There's a lot more sponsors. There's a lot more of all of those things. And it's just, it's a lot harder to just go to a PGA tour event and wild out and make content like that doesn't really happen. Uh, and number three is that not only does that happen on the LPGA and at LPGA events, but, uh, also the games that these women play are so much more relatable to players like me and, and 95% of even American not even American, just worldwide male golfers like when you like dustin johnson and i do not play the same sport and that i can i can explain that in um with a million different parallels we don't play the same equipment we don't play the same golf courses we don't have the same swings we don't have the same bodies we don't have the same training we don't have the same travel we don't have the same nutrition like none of that shit is the same it, it's it is so foreign and it nothing makes me more upset than when people are this is a f- stupid tangent but like when when people talk about like r- equipment rollback and bifurcation and stuff and there's these 64 year old men who are like you know the thing about golf is we i get to play the same spot it says the pros and we play the same game it's like no you fucking don't you have you don't even understand how different of a game it is <laughs> and the thing about the women's game is that the swing speeds are so much more similar to what i do the club's they're hitting are very similar to what I do. Like it's, it's just such a more relatable game um, for a million reasons. And so I think once the first time, like that really, really clicked for me was uh, I I don't even think I was playing. I think I was just videographer, but uh, out at the Kia classic, I think it was Solly and Tron, I believe played in a a pro-am with, they played the front nine with uh, Tiffany Joe and the back nine with Jane park. And seeing their two games up close like uh, and this is a, a big caveat i should have said up front is when i say the games are more relatable it's not that you know i can do anything on their level it's just that we basically swing at the same speed and so they hit every single fairway i do not hit every single fairway but like more often than not it's like when they're hitting you know an 8 iron i'm probably hitting the 8 or 9 iron you know as whereas like when dustin johnson's hitting an 8 iron i'm probably hitting a 5 iron or a you know or more and so I think seeing that up close was like a big light bulb moment for us, which was like, holy shit, we need to not only hear, you know, more of the stories, because it's important to put faces to names and and you know, help teach people about some of these players so that hopefully maybe they want to watch them on a Sunday afternoon. But it's also like, man, you can you can probably teach people a lot about golf that sounds way more grandiose than it probably needs to but uh you can probably teach pe- people a lot more about the game by like show- showcasing the the women's game than the men's game
0: yeah and they play far less exclusive courses as well
1: they did well and that's a whole other <laughs> you can thing. get on it, there pretty easily yeah they they do that but they also do like you know to that end there is a ton of Super exclusive golf courses that are so outdated and so obsolete for the men's game that are actually great fits for the women's game. Like places like Aronimink is a great example of that in Philly, where you know the the BMW Championship was there a, cu- a couple years ago, last year, a couple years. Who could say? And uh, I mean, the men just absolutely torched it because they're it, you know this golf course just had this multi multi million dollar renovation by Gil Hance. Restoration, I should say, to to move all these bunkers and make sure that everything was kind of restored back to how it was. And you know, Gill, by his own admission, was like, "I'm going to put these bunkers back where they were. I'm not building this for the men's game because that would be really stupid. Because you know, you're basically building your golf course for for four days in a in a five year window where you guys might host a tournament." Uh, so they kind of built it for the members and in that end, I mean, I think you saw at the, was it, I think KPMG women's PGA, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, like turned out to be a great test for the women because everything was, you know, it's just a better fitting golf course. And so you can multiply that out times, you know, a thousand golf courses around the, around the country.
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe not a thousand, but a lot.
2: The events seem like a lot of fun too. The
1: LP- They're great. Yeah. And they're, they're much more laid back. Everybody like, you know, I, I think that this isn't to, to be a backhanded compliment at the women's game, but I mean, I think it just feels a lot looser because there's less money, you know, it's like, there's not 50 swing coaches hanging around and there's not 50 agents hanging around and everybody kind of travels together and they tend to stay together. And like, it's a lot more, um, you know, it probably is what the PJ tour felt like, in like the late eighties, early nineties, you know, where it, it's not quite as much of a, uh, massive entertainment product as, as much as it is kind of a traveling circus.
2: Not yet.
1: Not and yet. Not yet. Not until, yet. That's right. Reuter
2: golf takes over.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: <laughs> the LPGA couple of years be totally different. Uh we have Kardashians. Let's get, let's get back to the, uh, the young hitters program.
1: Oh, sure. Of course. Um, the illustrious young hitters program. So, I'm trying to remember honestly where that even started. Um I, I think that I think we came up with the name first. We just, you know, I think uh this was kind of something that we we started as like a joke, um like most of the things we do, I think. Where same. Yeah, where we we're kind of like, oh, you know, that that guy's my hitter over there. Like that guy is my hitter. And so then it it morphed into all these different things. We're like, oh, we should start you know, a uh, uh, young, <laughs> young hitters program. And then we're like, Oh, we should start a miscellaneous hitters program, which is just anybody you see at the golf course. That's like, sir, I'd love to, you know, here's a, here's a pamphlet. I'd love to just gift you with some merchandise. And I just love your whole aesthetic. If you could just wear this merch, that that's all we would ask. Uh, I think the golden the golden hitters program or the sunset hitters program was a bit of a you know getting some of the elderly community in the golf course uh, into the the NLU fold, but uh, the young hitters program certainly is the only one that has any actual infrastructure <laughs> tied to it for now. And uh, the idea there was yeah to to basically you know we I think we got to know a lot of we got to know a lot of these like not even mini tour, you know, players, like even guys on the corn fairy tour guys kind of in this, like on the way up really in the, in the game of golf, or maybe not even on the, you know, on the way up in that they're 20, 22, 23 years old. Some of them are older and they're just kind of lifers who have been like doing this for a while. And they're, you know, 32, 35. And they're, they're just like, this is, this is my grind. I I'm out here on the, on the corn fairy tour, just trying to make it work. And I think that's a lifestyle all of us are uh kind of in awe of and and all of us like to support as much as we can. So um yeah, I think the way it like literally started was um there's an agent named Drew Carr who represented a friend of ours, Justin Huber, and then a bunch of other people who actually became friends, and that was Justin Lauer, Brian Ritchie, Brandon Matthews, um charlie saxon and that was kind of the initial crop and so i think we were kind of having beers with him one time and we're like hey if we could figure out you know a a small amount of money and some cool merch ideas and some staff bags and you know why don't we make this work and then we'll kind of take a vested interest in all these guys and uh it's been awesome uh it was it's been so fun to just have you know it's it's like the most complicated uh version of like a fantasy football team, right? Where it's like, you know, every, every week it's, it's really easy to get very disillusioned, I think with, uh, pro golf and, and kind of there's 45, you know, identical PJ tour events every year. It's kind of hard to get up for all of them. So it's a lot more fun when you actually have some rooting interests and have a little bit of skin in the game and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, so we did that the first year and then got some feedback that was very well placed from, from some people that was like, Hey, if you're going to, you know, who could really use this is, you know, some Symmetra tour players and people in the women's game. And so that was our, our big initiative last year was sponsoring Lauren Coughlin, uh, who was a young player from Virginia planning, kind of splitting time between the Symmetra tour and the LPGA. And uh, so we sponsored her at the beginning of last year, and that's been just super, super fun to, to follow her as well.
2: So how, how did she and some of the other sponsees, like how are they chosen? What, what's the qualifications criteria
1: uh i would My say hair. you know you, you gotta first of all you above all you've got to be a hitter uh <laughs> i think that's that goes without saying but you know it's it's like the uh supreme court thing like we know it when we see it you know we can't explain it but we
2: so they're chosen you guys oh
1: yeah yeah totally absolutely interesting usually i mean i think lauren just dm'd me and Tron and was like, Hey, I, I heard you want to sponsor Symmetra player. What do you think? We're like, yeah,
3: cool. Yeah.
1: So we're, she's like, I'm swinging through Jacksonville and, uh, we're like, okay, why don't you come meet us at the coffee shop? And we ended up sitting there for like two hours, just picking her brain on all kinds of women's golf drama. And, uh, yeah, I, we're like, all right, you know, handshake, let's do it.
3: Wow. So there's and, uh, no tryout or anything. You didn't go to the driving range with her.
1: No, that's a good question. We could, we might, you know, as the program gets more competitive, uh, you know, we might need to to implement some of that stuff. But well, I'll I'll keep you guys posted. You'll you'll certainly be the first to know if any of that any of that pops up.
2: We'll follow up. Yeah. So what <laughs> Please they, do. What do they get with the sponsorship? What is what do they receive?
1: Uh, you know, just millions of dollars in media value. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like,
3: PR. Like Hard any number on, I'm sure. Oh.
1: Like any good company. No. Uh, yeah. Like any good, good media company. Uh, we're going to call this, what is it? Engagement. Uh, yeah. You know, promotion, things like that. No, there's, there's a, listen, there's a, a financial relationship. I'm not at liberty to disclose. <laughs> uh, and then there is. They
2: get a life you know, supply of NLU towels for their bag.
1: They do. They do get that. Uh, we're, you know, all the merch they can, they can f- fit in their armoire. Uh, they get, uh, some of them we, we kind of tried to mix it up like we wanted one guy to have a staff bag. So Charlie Saxon had a staff bag last year. Lauren has a staff bag. Um, and those are just like really fun to design and pick out colors and, and put together. It's kind of surreal to, to see one of those like, you know, when when the guys do play well, like when Charlie Saxon's, you know, in the last group on the corn Ferry tour last year, you see the, the no laying up bag on TV is, is a pretty big thrill. So that was fun. Uh, a lot of the other guys, it's just like merch, uh, or kind of like logo placement, you know, like a logo on the chest or a logo on the hat or, or whatever. We're, we're very flexible. Uh, long story, (laughs) long story short. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're willing to work with you. Build your own
0: sponsorship.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. It's much more just, uh, you know, it's fun. Believe believe it or not the um, you know, I don't want to air any industry secrets here, but the media exposure on uh, the Corn Fairy tour and the Symmetra tour, you know, it's not uh th- that's not really why we do it. Is for the impressions that we're getting off the Symmetra tour Twitter account. But uh it- it's much more just like, you know, having a relationship with those guys and and a gal and uh making sure, you know, we can call them if we need a podcast guest or, you know, stuff like that too. So
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. I was actually reading an article about Lauren's experience you caddying for her, which we're going to get into shortly. But. Sure.
1: Oh, that's another thing they get. Of course. Yeah. They can call on any of us to caddy at any time.
2: Um, it seems like she has really benefited from the social media exposure. Honestly, she was talking about all the increases that she's had in her personal account. So seem, seems like it's going pretty well. So we want to talk really quickly about her just as a person. Um, you mentioned a couple of things. We did a little of our own research, as I said. So she started playing golf when she was six, turned pro and. she... In 2016, and the LPGA has like a sentence on each of the LPGA uh, players' sites for We their Love bio, It bio, and it's literally like just one sentence. It's the only information that you get about the player, and hers is hobbies include going to the movies, hanging with friends, and enjoying good food. Um, so that's all we know tough, about her.
1: Tough year for that, Lauren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
2: Um, so wanted to know if you wanted to give any other, you know, color commentary to her as a person. Um, Oh,
1: honestly, I think that sums it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, no, she's, she's, I mean, yeah, it's hard to, you know, hard to be sincere after, uh, just being ironic for 30 minutes, but I mean, she's, she's the best. Like she's just so sincere. She's so, um, just just nice that's not a a great vocabulary word but you know just a just a delightful person to be around she's very even keeled um she doesn't get upset she doesn't get like hot under the collar doesn't doesn't get uh let bad golf or bad shots or missed putts or any of that stuff like doesn't bother her um it's funny talking to her like you know just kind of trying to get tips and stuff when so so to back up a little bit, like she needed a caddy. I think her caddy, her normal caddy, caddy John, was gonna be at a uh wedding or something for a the wedding? Tour. Yeah.
3: That sounds like a lie.
0: More,
1: she more might need to that. fire that guy. More more on that, <laughs> you know, after the break. But she uh I think the Symmetra Tour added a an event at Pinehurst, or maybe it was already always on the schedule, I'm not sure, but um at Pinehurst number nine. And so she needed a caddy, and so she reached out to me and uh yeah, so I was I was fully on board. So I drove up for the week and and was all psyched to to do it. And so I'm asking her during our kind of like, you know, I actually didn't even catch her for a, a practice round because I had a bunch of work stuff I had to do, so I just rolled in hot for uh for the first round. But we're talking like kind of before we get going and and I'm like, "What kind of tips do you have?" And she's like, "Honestly, just like never stop talking." Just like She's like, I don't want to, so I don't want to just like walk in silence just, and I don't want to like think about nothing but golf, just like keep talking. And so, yeah, so you end up learning a lot about a person, uh, when you're spending, I was going to say four hours, more like six hours on the Symmetra tour, but, uh, six hours for four straight days, just, uh, shooting the shit. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good way to get to know somebody. So, and John didn't even end up going to the wedding. So to answer your
3: what? Well, that was probably the previous safe previous move, question. John. Probably safe yeah, life.
1: I think it's possible. It's <laughs> possible. Yeah.
2: Good.
3: Uh, so you actually answered some of our questions as far as caddying for Lauren goes. But uh, uh, one of them we had for you was, do you remember where you were when you got the call <laughs> to be her caddy? <laughs> Uh,
1: yes, I think I was actually, no, I don't. I, I, it was a text. It, uh, it definitely, it went out to, to both Tron and I,
3: Okay,
1: and, uh, I think that I'm trying to remember. I think I, it was kind of one of those, let me check the sketch, uh, and, and get back to you moments. And so I think it was a good week or so before I actually kind of pulled the trigger and then saw that there was going to be a, you know, that would be a good time to go up and, uh, yeah. So nothing, unfortunately, no, no dramatics. I wasn't at the top of the, you know, the empire state building about to, about to eat it. And uh, that brought me back.
3: <laughs> so you weren't paralyzed with fear at the request because I personally would be very nervous. We can edit it to make it sound like you were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no fear whatsoever. I fucking love caddying. I love it. Okay. So that's another uh, question
3: though. Like, do you do that normally? Is that like, I guess no. a few questions. Have you done no, it before? No, I never get,
1: I never get asked. Uh, I've done it once for, a pj tour monday qualifier for my friend luke guthrie and uh it was like the most exhilarating thing probably because he played really really well and he shot uh i think he shot 65 to get into a an eight for one playoff uh at the actually it was at the sea island event uh two years ago so um so an eight for one playoff so basically Eight players playing for one spot in the month in the PJ Tour event. So if you outlast these other seven guys, then you get into the PJ Tour event. And so you play in two foursomes. And so we were in the second foursome, I believe. Or maybe we were in the we we're in the first foursome. And Luke goes out, hits a great drive. Uh this was at Brunswick Country Club it's a great drive. It's a just really nippy little wedge in there to about three feet makes birdie, uh, which knocks out the other three guys in the group. So like those three guys are toast already. Two of the guys in the the group behind us made birdie as well. So now there's only three left. Then we go play par three. Everybody makes a par, uh, or I, I think one guy, three putts. Um, so there's only two left. And then we get to, it is like, uh if you've seen the legend of beggar vance uh at the at the end <laughs> at the end when uh they're bringing in all the cars to like light up the green i'm not shitting you that's literally what happened like wow. because it's like the monday qualifier is is a is a it's kind of a bleak scene as far as like nobody wants to be there nobody feels like you know, everybody would rather just be in the event. Right. And nobody's like thrilled to go fight for their job on this Monday. And so everybody, you know, we're standing on the tee. there. It was us. And, uh, Matt Atkins was the other player who was left and we're standing on the tee box. Like it's clearly like going on pitch black. Like you can't, See the ball, and they're both like, "Yeah, I just, you know, I don't really want to come back tomorrow." So, like, it was kind of a like waiting for the other guy to flinch moment a little bit. I think Luke was kind of like, "Yeah, I mean, I'll keep going," and then they're like, "All right, I'll keep going too." <laughs> and so then it was, it was one of those moments. It's a very long story. Sorry, but it, it was one of those Let's moments I'm where
0: I'm sweating.
3: I am. <laughs> I don't know what happened. They, uh, did my seat here. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was one of those moments where, like, they both hit their drivers. And everybody gets dead silent as you're just waiting to hear where the ball lands. Cause you can hear, like, okay, that was in the fairway or that was in a tree or that felt a little bit right. Somebody listening, like the right rough kind of a thing. And so it was like that dark out. And then obviously getting darker and darker and darker as you're, you know, taking 12, 15 minutes to play this hole. And uh, so we get up to the green and people are just like pulling pickup trucks around the green and lighting it up with the headlights. Which
3: it's like I will say,
1: Vance. yeah, it, it was. I that wasn't a joke. Was Excuse me, I was
0: laughing because we
3: I was refusing to watch it a few
1: weeks. It's ago. not, it's not good, but for no was. reason.
0: I think no, that was
3: sweet, the no, is that sweetens Jen? It B- it Bagger Vance came up. <laughs> Half the group thought they were saying Bag of Ants. That was Adam, <laughs> and then Jen was in the corner saying, I've never seen it. It's a bad movie. <laughs> for no reason.
0: That's,
1: I that's very, <laughs> very, Neil, very Neil, very Neil of you. Uh, but. <laughs> Well, if, if you watch it, which I don't recommend you do, uh, it's, this scene is, is pretty much identical to what happened, but so we're out there. I, again, we very much like caddying. So, uh, we have like a 50 footer for birdie, probably like long putt. Luke is no exaggeration. One of the best putters in the whole world. Like he, he played on the PJ tour for three or four years. He was a monster uh college player all-american at illinois and like there's no way he would ever three put this in in the daylight three putted uh and so yeah we missed out so anyways yes i've caddied once that that was my honestly that was my one experience but it a was- very
3: good story though because it sounds like you are a good caddy based on that experience and also the fact that lauren came in third in her tournament
1: you know the number. The numbers say what they say. I can't. I can't comment on uh, on my job performance. But well, uh, listen, you you be the judge. We're going to ask
3: you too because one of our questions is if you had to rate yourself among all the other caddies, <laughs> you know where would you put yourself? And I have a few, well, met- few follow up questions based on what you've already told us. But let's start with that one.
1: Sure. Uh, I would say that probably. Probably two thirds of the field didn't have caddies, so that makes oh. me feel pretty good that okay. I, that I would put put myself above that two thirds, <laughs> above
3: above nobody above, don't exist
1: <laughs> above all the above all the many many push cars out there above all them uh, a lot of like dads kind of like half interested dads beat the shit out of them I would say. Um, <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, I'd say I, I'd say I did pretty good. I, I would yeah. say that you know I, w- I would be confident. Um, and you can call Lauren to verify this and heat check me, but I think our process was was dialed. We talked over, you know, I, I think everybody thought I was there just like toting the bag, but no, we like we talked through every single shot. We talked through every yardage. We were reading putts together. I mean, it was it was a it was a symphony out there. It was great.
3: I mean, it sounds like it. One another question I have, though, you mentioned you had you just kept talking to her the whole time. I mean, were you pressed for topics to to touch on? I mean, I think I would run out of things to say personally.
1: It was a lot. I think um, <laughs> a lot of uh, like Tour gossip, uh, which was <laughs> obviously. Listen, I'm a professional and I can't share what goes on inside the ropes, but. Uh, you know, it was it was a lot of that. I mean, she's just telling me some of the most unbelievable stories I've ever heard in my life, as far as what's going on. And so, I mean, it was. Uh, I, I hate to be a, a tease, but I mean, that's you know, yeah, like you can't I, I can't get I can't get into it any further. I
3: mean, well, so, I'd I mean,
1: recommend a burgeoning young media company. Dive in and and try to uncover some shit. We're journalists it's now; out, it's, so it's out there. Yeah. We just
0: might, because word on the street, and we didn't hear this from you, but word in the street is that the Symmetra tour is basically sex, drugs, and rock and roll.
1: <laughs> I think that's a great summation. It's like Woodstock
0: yeah. three sixty five out there. Yes, that's, that's what, what I'm hearing.
1: That's what like I, I got done with it, and I I texted Randy. I was like, man, that is exactly what I needed to get like you know, as far as like I was saying earlier, it's it's easy to get. Very cynical of pro golf and very just burned out on, you know, did Harris English or Hudson Swafford win this week? They both look exactly the same and swing it the same, and you know, kind of who cares at the end of the day? And uh, yeah, just being out there, I was like, God, there's like some fucking human beings out here. This place rules, and so it was great to uh, it was it was great to have a little infusion of that. I needed it.
3: Definitely sounds like a little bit more soul.
1: Very much so. Yeah, Very no, much so.
3: How, is, how is nobody I know. Like, talking about Sumetra?
1: That's what I'm saying. It, like, it was just, it was great. It, I think was, that
0: I think what golf media needs is like some sort of like Perez Hilton esque, except for not as mean. Sure, you know, like some sort of like just like a gossip girl. You need like a burn book. I blog.
1: think that yeah, I think that uh, you know that space in the industry is wide open. It's ready for
3: disruption. <laughs> <laughs> John has been talking about starting a blog for a number of years now.
2: So how is an event on the Symmetra Tour different than an event on the LPGA Tour, on the Corn Ferry Tour? So I'm probably not,
1: honestly, not a great person to answer it just because, you know, I don't want to give off the impression that I'm going to these things every week. I mean, that was, I think, maybe the second or third Symmetra Tour event I've ever been to. And so, but, you know, with that limited, uh, base of knowledge, I guess I would say that it just feels a lot more like a, almost like a college event. I mean, there's, you know, it's, there's not a lot of infrastructure. There's maybe a couple leaderboards. Uh, there's a couple coolers, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty low fi out there. Pretty, pretty analog golf tournaments. And, uh, and it feels like that at a college event too, which is, I, I think it's kind of fun. I mean, I don't, I know. You know, many people have real jobs and responsibilities and aren't a lot, you know, aren't able to just go hang out at um, very like minor league uh, golf tournaments as recreation. But for someone like myself, I actually love doing that. And I love when you got to follow the scoring online. And like, it's just, it's really fun because the, you know, the quality of golf that you're going to see is not different than, you know, it's, it's a little different, but it's not crazy different than what you'd see at an LPGA event. Mm-hmm which is going to obviously have all the grandstands and all the TV towers and camera crews and, and all that stuff. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's very similar to, you know, the PJ tour versus the corn fairy tour where it's, it's like, yes, over the course of a season, you know, it's pretty clear to say, to see, you know, which tour possesses better players, but over the course of 18 holes or, even, you know, over the course of two or three holes of watching one player, it's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to tell really who, you know, who the tour player is, who the major champion is and who the corn fairy tour player is. And so it's, I, I always say that with like college events, even, even like elite junior tournaments. I mean, I know you feel like a creep going to do this, but like, Go watch. It's so fun. It's, it's a great way to learn about tournament golf. It's a great way to see, you know, how people manage their games. It's a great way to see, like, this is probably the biggest takeaway is it's a great way to see that really good players hit shitty shots you know, cause like
0: my favorite part of watching golf,
1: <laughs> I promise not, you know, Lauren had an awesome week and finished solo third and it, it was awesome. But like, I promise not every shot that she hit over those 72 holes is going to knock your socks off. Like there were, there were a couple where it's like, Oh, huh. I could do that. That's that's, you know, you and- won't
3: tell her you said that.
1: She would, she would happily agree with that. I, I know she would, but it's, uh, Solly says this like really, really well, uh, on our podcast a lot where the difference, you know, it, it won't, it will blow you away how bad really good players can hit shots. But the difference is that those really good players also get to hit the next shot. And that's, I think the the best way to sum up, you know, the difference between their game and my game, I guess.
3: Yeah. Haley, that's point a golf. Point A golf. I recently met a golf pro who wrote this book called Golf from Point A. She has not returned my email. So Susie, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> please, please respond. Um, but no, in like the, the 10 minutes that I talked to her, this is out in Arizona a couple of weeks ago, uh, she just very quickly summarized her book, which was saying, Each golf is or each shot is your your next opportunity. So you you know, you golf from point A, brush off whatever happened in the last shot and and start from scratch, which really resonated with me. So it's so hard. <laughs> there you over. Go. That's, yeah.
1: That's that's the game.
3: Have to start over on a lot of shots throughout a round, but, you know, it's fine. Constantly starting over. <laughs> starting over with each and every shot. <laughs>
0: a new opportunity for greatness. That's right. Um, so we talked a little bit about, you know, how everything's different from the PGA Tour. But, you know, it is the week after the Masters. And after we watched all weekend, we obviously had a few opinions. And a lot of them were about the fashion the fashion choices that we saw out there. Um and so tonight we're actually introducing a brand new segment of the pod you know, called hot or not. <laughs>
1: I was very, very, very nervous when I saw this on the uh, agenda.
0: (laughs) Okay. So what it's going to be is essentially we're just going to recap this week's fashion choices in the golf world. And sometimes it'll be PGA, sometimes it'll be LPGA. Sometimes it will be people that we saw on the golf course ourselves. Sure. Sure. Because that is sometimes where the most interesting fashion choices are. Um, but before we get started, actually, DJ, how would you describe your personal golf style?
1: <laughs> uh, freeloader probably would be the word that comes to mind. I don't know the last... Uh, this is, of course, I, I say this with as much self-awareness as possible. I don't remember the last time I bought anything golf-related. Therefore, I will wear whatever you send to me, basically, is is my... Uh, I would say my style. Um, Interesting. I- I- extremely apathetic, extremely... Um, not like path of least resistance. I would say is a term that comes to mind. Uh, Just whatever, you know, not trying to make a statement. No statement is, is my statement. statement. I would say, yeah, (laughs) hopefully nobody remembers what I was wearing is, is kind of the vibe that I go for. I would say,
2: well,
0: it seems to me that a lot of the players um, from this past weekend had the same vibe because there were not very memorable looks, but we are going to go through a few of them that we chose as being somewhat controversial, um first, um, we mentioned this a little bit before. There isn't a blog or anything where you can just see everybody's outfits from the past weekend. You know, that, I could that not find like, that I was remembering.
1: No, that was like Twitter in like 2013, where it was just all scripting. It was all mm-hmm. scripting, man. It was just a straight pipeline from the the hashtag brands PR right to your Twitter feed was just Here's what so and so will be wearing all four days. I mean, and, I, c- uh, I could have used that for the
0: segment. Thankfully, I could have done my work you know, for me.
1: Thankfully, that's gone away a little bit. How about shout out to Dustin Johnson? Actually, I haven't thought about scripting posts in a very long time because uh, they've, you know, pretty much gone extinct, which is great. But they, uh, it was very, very cool to see. Adidas tweeted his scripting for the week and he didn't fucking wear any of it. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, that was weird. Yeah.
0: That was a,
1: that was a huge W I I thought.
0: (laughs) Um, so the first outfit that we want to talk about is, um, our day one leader, uh, Paul Casey and what I was referring to as the white deconstructed Nike logo shirt, um, which kind of just, um, in case somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, it was a polo that just had a bunch of lines all over it kind of um, some on the shoulders and some near the hip on opposite sides. Um, took me a little while to realize that it was going to be that it was the night it's said Nike. Um, but DJ, what do you think? Would you call this outfit hot or not? He paired it with some um, an olive drab um, slim fit trouser. Um, what looks like not any of the special edition Masters shoes that came out from Nike and um some sort of taupe, uh, Nike cap.
1: So where to start? Uh, first of all, with such a binary choice, I'm going to, it's still easy. I'm going to swing hard into the knot on this one. Um, I think that I felt a little bad cause we had said a lot of very, very mean things about the Nike clothes this week, uh, across social media platforms, but, I don't know if the whole olive drab thing was supposed to be a nod to veterans day. Uh, I would think most of the veterans I know would probably, um, say thanks, but no thanks as far as the, the, you know, being honored with such a collection of ass outfits. Um, (laughs) I think that the shirts look like somebody who has like the KT tape all over their all over their back, just like trying to get the the muscles worked out. I just, uh, truly, truly a, uh, an answer to a question nobody asked is kind of how I how I looked at that one. Uh, yeah, not good.
2: Although we were talking about when we were discussing which outfits to choose, that Tony Finau then wore the inverse of that shirt, and we all thought it looked kind of hot on him. But that's just because Tony Finau is hot. So I don't know if it was just him or if it was the other version. You agree with that? Uh,
1: you know, I'm gonna uh, my. F- my thoughts on Fina are well documented <laughs> as well. And I'll, I'll plead the fifth on that one. So, uh, but listen, I, I would defend to the death. your your right to have that opinion. I just might, might not agree with
0: this you. is like strictly outfits. Anyway, this is all about the look, not True. even the outfit itself, but can I, can look. I give
1: you a, a quick tip and how you can tell, you know, whether the Nike stuff's good or not is whether Rory and the cat, uh, adopt the, the, the Nike look. Yeah. And this one, they were, they were not, touching with the 10 foot pole. Rory had the, that ugly purple on, which yeah. we can talk about, but yeah, that was, that was pretty horrible, but you know, 20, $25 million a year will make you do some crazy things, I guess.
0: <laughs> I kind of, for the fall, like I would have been really pumped up to see like a cool tartan or something, you know, like yeah. really, really dig into it. Like You know, a a burnt orange. Some some earth tones. Um, All right. Well, shout out to Nike.
1: We we like you guys.
0: Okay. I like
1: listen, I like (laughs) Nike too. They just this this cannot this aggression will not stand. Hey,
2: I uh, mean I've had my the only
1: the only way this shit changes is is if it gets called out. That was that was horrible.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Okay, look number two is Ricky Fowler on Saturday. And um the as it was described by Puma. Fowler's moving day look is scheduled to be one you won't want to miss. He's set to wear a striking green shade of the jackpot five pocket pant that is both stylish and fun. Typically, you'll want to pair a solid top with bright pants, but not afraid to push style boundaries. Fowler will expertly pair with the micro printed peak golf polo, $70. <laughs> the primarily white top has an all over P pattern and a shade of green that is matching his pant selection. So what do we think? Hot or not?
1: You know, first of all, I had to look up. You mentioned it was his moving day outfit. I had to look up whether or not he actually made the cut or not, <laughs> uh,
3: which, which he, did. he did.
1: He finished t twenty nine. That's a cheap shot. I know he's going through some swing changes. He's he's in a time of transition. So we'll we'll leave that one alone. Uh, you know, again with a uh, such a coin a, a coin flip, a a yes or no. I feel like I'm a little boxed in. I'd love some more shades of gray. But with that being said, I'll, I'll throw this one into the hot category. Oh, I
3: like I agree it. it's, so much. Uh,
1: you know, I, I think yeah. it's, it's great. I'm not a, not decidedly not a Puma guy They're They run very antithetical to everything I believe in. Uh, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's, I like it. It works on Ricky. Yeah. Young and hip and cool. Ricky,
0: <laughs> not afraid to push style boundaries.
1: It's great when you got to hop on the motorcycle right after the, uh, you know, you got to <laughs> hop on the dirt bike right after the <laughs> round at, at Augusta national. <laughs>
0: And then our third, um, our third outfit that we want to talk about was Ian Poulter. I don't know when he wore this, but I'm sure anybody who's watching who caught him on TV for a second would recognize the, um, the green, Augusta green and yellow checked pants paired with a white visor, a white, heavily logoed polo. And um, I think those are foot joys. I think those are the new really expensive foot joys because we did look those up. Um, but uh, what do we think? Hot or not? The pants.
1: Uh, listen, I'll throw this one in the hot category, too. I think it's nice. A, I think taking it's, a risk. A, uh, it's taking a risk. i, I do think that there's' I was, sorry it is. there's a fine line between uh, I think there should be a bit of a performance art to some of this fashion on tour. I think golf fashion and like this is a a, another stupid tangent but somebody said this to me one time and i i can't shake i could never shake this is like think of how fucking stupid it is that just the idea of like quote-unquote golf clothes like these are clothes that you need to wear to make you play golf better and that is so fucking dumb and so hard to take serious in any any capacity To the point where it's like, okay, if you are, if you're trying to make this into like a fashion thing and you're trying to like make a statement, like your statement might as well be, this is fucking stupid. And like, here's some cool stuff they wore in 1974. And so I think that's what, you know, that's what those pants are doing. I had way more thoughts about that than I thought I would.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad. And I'm so glad you went for hot too, because I also put it in the hot category for those very same reasons. Like it makes you look twice, you know, like, especially with so much of the field, like wearing the exact same clothes and you know make a splash.
1: I'm I'm bummed that he doesn't he no longer has his uh, cool sculpting liposuction visor, but <laughs> I'll I'll let that slide for now.
0: <laughs> but I think also like having a hilarious sponsor on there even still like like Tiger's like Monster Bag is hilarious. Like that's that's wild.
1: <laughs> that's yeah, that's well said. Th- that I was thinking about that. God, that hit me like a ton of bricks this week when he was the hero of my childhood is r- rolling out a, you know, an extension with like whatever the, the hell it's called monster, hydro, f- fucking electrolyte, slam, whatever it's called, like some super niche stream of monster. And it was like, God, this is Tiger fucking Woods you guys are talking about. He's got a fused back and like. Divorced dad and like he, him like the guy who was with like Rolex and and Buick and all these like incredibly boring, but you know reliable companies like that's the one yeah, he's like putting on his end. that's his biggest sponsor like his oh my god it's so it's depressing twenty twenty well, man you know lining
0: wow. him up is like a, d- describing him as a as a guy with a fused back and a divorced dad and just the visual of him like rolling out of bed and like cracking open like a monster to like oh.
1: get his kids to school. <laughs> I, I still don't think there's any way he's ever tried even tried monster. Yeah. There's no way he was. Does ever. anybody
0: it drink it anymore? Yeah. I know that oh, like I was on the energy drink train, you know, I was big on those. You were, um, <laughs> but, um, like it's just not good.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't really weigh in, but it's, uh, you know, I, I have a sugar-free Red Bull every now and again, yeah. I'm feeling, feeling like partying, but, uh, yeah, the monster. it's just—I uh, think it's deep. Uh, you'd have to speak to the gamer community. I would think they—they would probably—they'd probably get deep into that. But uh, which is I don't exactly
0: think, what's wrong with it.
1: I really don't think anyone. Like, I don't know how that can fiscally make sense for them. I don't know who's like, man. I fucking love Tiger Woods and Monster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's another story oh to get to the bottom God. of. Really, we should be do do some investigative journalism into. Yeah. Inside Believe Monster. trying to figure out
1: their ROI on that
0: one. <laughs> Are there any other looks? I mean, I actually did want to give a special shout out to um, Hideki because he was serving up some <laughs> barbershop quartet vibes on Saturday and like this light blue pinstripe shirt and white pants. And I think a flat brim too, which I like the flat brim too. Like it says something that, you know, you get so excited when someone's doing something even slightly different, like wearing a flap room, you know?
1: Yeah. Hideki's, uh, you know, pass. Hideki's a tough scene. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even...
0: It's uh, the look. We're only talking about the look here.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know. He, he seems like a delightful guy. But the whole like... Uh, God, yeah, the whole like red shirt with pink shoes that were like kind of trying to be the same color, but clearly weren't the same color. It's just... That's Maybe when
0: old, got dressed in the dark look. Yeah,
1: yeah kept a little. It was uh, kind of when when keeping it real goes wrong a little bit there. I think.
0: <laughs> I mean, like in a week where we saw Harry Styles, you know, break the internet by wearing a dress. It's just like so disappointing to see just such monotony out at the Masters of all places. Well, that was
1: at the top of your your PDF your lookbook that you sent <laughs> me. Right. And I was like, all right, uh, you know, I can weigh in on.
0: Well, had you seen uh, it? Had you seen it before?
1: I hadn't. No, Uh, I'm a big fan. Thought his last record was delightful. Uh, But, you know, listening. Yeah, it's great. Uh, But hadn't, uh, you know, hadn't seen that. You know, again, seems like someone with maybe a little little too much time on their hands, I guess. Again, like maybe I don't know who was asking for that. But
0: honestly, I didn't know I was asking for it till I got it. And I'm I'm all in on the uh, men in dresses.
1: I, I like the, uh, one, one of the vibes I really like, I think is the ultra, ultra rich, um, you know, like why not philosophy is always, I wish there was a lot more of that in golf. I think just kind of the, like, what should we do today? I don't know. You know, maybe put on like, put on a dress. That seems like it would make some people <laughs>
0: Thousands of have an opinion. Yeah. yeah like where's What's the that? Dennis Rodman of golf? You know, exactly. like that's what exactly. we need. That's what golf needs right now. Totally. So right. I want to just spice it up. I agree more. Uh, We actually got a few listener questions, Um, actually not quite listeners yet, but they'll probably listen because they sent the (laughs) question, so I don't want to do them dirty. Um, Actually, an interesting one came from um, uh, Phil Landis asking to ask you about Murphy Brown, and he says, you're the only person under 50 who likes that show.
1: What a stupid fucking joke this is, that Randy, Randy, of course, uh, first of all, don't trust anyone who hides from their real name. Big Randy, Uh, (laughs) he it's actually I I take it back. It it frustrates me because it's kind of a good kind of a good bit. I think it started with me sneaking into some pods. Uh, Just I think all of us have talked about everything. Like the five of us have just talked about everything. There's nothing left to talk about. We know everybody's opinion on everything. We've we've talked about all the things we've ever done. And we're kind of just out of things to talk about. And so we kind of started these bits where it was like, I think I floated one on a podcast one time that just Randy's a huge Jimmy Buffett fan, which I'll will share on this podcast is not true, but it oh, makes me yeah. laugh so hard. Jimmy
2: Buffett fans, honestly,
1: <laughs> and, and and that's great, and that's great, you know. But Ra- Randy's whole vibe is very, again, to use a, another ten cent word, antithetical to uh, to his uh, to the the fins to the left lifestyle of of Jimmy <laughs> Buffett, and so that has always the idea of people th- like. And I feel bad saying this, but like there's always people who respond on Twitter, like, oh, Randy, me too, man. I love him. And that makes me laugh really hard and and it makes me really, really happy. And so Randy tried to fight back with a similar one saying that I was a huge Murphy Brown fan. (laughs) I don't think anybody, he he was telling everybody I was very hyped when the show came back and it was, it was, you know, thawed out after 30 years and Candace Bergen's, you know, putting the outfit back on it. Not true deeply not true randy Randy keeps trying to make randy keeps trying to make it happen it's not happening
3: (laughs) i like the jimmy buffett joke better
1: thank you i (laughs) do too (laughs)
3: too.
1: the whole thing is it's it's got to be somewhat believable nobody come on nobody's gonna believe randy's or (laughs) phil's Uh, how
0: much prep do you do before a podcast
1: uh depends depends on the topic but i mean you know, probably more than I would. More than my gut reaction, I guess, would be. My gut reaction would be like, no, we just flip on the mics and and go. But you know, at the same time, you're like watching the telecast throughout the week. You're on Twitter. You're reading all the news websites. You're like you're you know you're doing a, a good amount of stuff to stay informed. But I think once you kind of like once once the red light goes on, you know, I think we're, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty loose and it's, it's pretty non-scripted. So not a ton of prep.
2: How much prep did you and do for this podcast?
1: More like legitimately, it felt like more than I would have done for our master's wow. recap where uh it just oh. because of the, you know, just because of the oh. lookbook. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I had, I had to form some opinions about that. And so uh, the master's one, we, we kind of, the telecast ended and then we hit record. So
0: <laughs> um and the last one from the from the listeners is um how do you live with yourself being a narc
1: uh it's fine totally easy you get paid on both sides uh you know it's it's great and no, th- this,
0: that's a joke that you'll get if you watch strapped which it, which literally deserves an emmy so watch <laughs> that
1: <laughs> thank you that's that's nice of you to say
0: so what do we think the final final yeah, you're to ask them so the final questions then we'll let you go um dream celebrity foursome living or dead golfer or non-golfer and you can actually pick four people
1: and you're oh the my fifth gosh uh okay <sighs> so you told me to prep for this one and i i hadn't uh so i'm just going to sh- spout out names that that spring to mind um number one i just bought one of his t-shirts father john misty i would say i, I would think uh, Josh Tillman. I, I think he would fucking hate golf, but uh, <laughs> you know, maybe that would be kind of fun. Uh, d- he, he has, I, I would consider these two probably the, uh, the spiritual uh, North stars of, of strapped and a lot of the other stuff we do, but that would be uh, Anthony Bourdain and John Prine. Wow. I would say both uh, unfortunately deceased, but uh, I would say those two. And then, uh, oh my gosh, the, th- last one. You know what? Just since Randy asked that stupid ass question, I'm going to say Beck because Randy hates Beck. <laughs> Beck. Uh, so taste I, it, Randy.
0: <laughs> so we haven't had too many people answer these questions, but I, I'm i going to go on a limb here and say that might be the only time we'll hear Father John Misty be chosen. Sure, so, sure. And that, that's, definitely listen, Beck. I,
1: Definitely uh, if best. if if i was going to think a little harder on that one i i probably come up with someone who would be a little more enjoyable to hang out with on a golf course but you know it's that's right you can always come back
0: on and you can change your answer
1: yeah exactly
0: um and so what is your favorite golf club in the bag
1: uh probably my putter i think i'm a you know f- average to sometimes above average putter for my handicap and so i would uh i would say that i have a shout out to the folks at callaway golf i have a Toulon Atlanta. Uh, I think it's like a 33 and or 34 inch putter. It's a little short. It's got a little bit of loft added to it. So I kind of can like forward press on it a little bit. And, uh, it's a, it's a very feeler putter. I'm not a very technical, uh, putter. I don't know what really my stroke looks like every time I see it on camera. Uh, it makes me very sad because it's not very good. But, uh, I think when I have it rolling, I can kind of like, you know, I, I I'm a, a bit of a feel putter. I can kind of feel it fill it into the hole, which is, uh, what that putter helps with. So I guess I would say that. Wow.
0: Very cool. Um, and the final question, and you're allowed to say places that have maybe closed due to COVID, but your favorite, um, nightclub or restaurant or bar in the world.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I've ever actually been in anything that would call itself a nightclub. Uh, that's a great question, but I would say uh, Pete's Bar um, in Neptune Beach, Florida, is is probably my favorite bar. I can almost, almost see it from my house here, looking out the window, and it is. Uh, it was the first first place in Duval County to have a liquor license after prohibition. It's an extremely shady, cash only bar. Uh, apparently, the the big homie Ernest Heming- Hemingway used to hang out there. Uh, they have. It's just like the. It, it is a a haven for just degenerate. Uh, pool players, ping pong players, uh, stuff like that. It's, it's a fantastic place and haven't gotten to go there in like nine months. So that's I'll, I'll say Pete's bar. That sounds, that
0: sounds actually like heaven yeah.
1: on earth. Yeah. Do they have it's, darts it's, there. Uh, they do have darts. Yeah. yeah and they tell. have, uh, they a rotating pinball machine as well, which is oh, always good. Beautiful. Wow. And bumper pool, which is not my thing, but it's, you know, I would love to, it reminds me a lot of golf. It's all about kind of, uh, angles kind of charting your way around. Uh, it's, I'm always in awe of the people who can play really good bumper pool. So, uh, shout out to Pete's <laughs> wow.
0: shout out to Pete's indeed. Um, well, that's all we have for you. Do you have any questions for us?
1: Uh how's the pod been going? You know? What's Welcome to the pod the podcast life, man.
0: Yeah. How's, I mean, so far so good. It's been fun, you know? And it's fun to like have something to do. I don't know. I think that we all like think and talk about golf and gruder golf and stuff so often, so it's good to have like an outlet for all the things that we're talking about among ourselves. Um
1: Well, let me let me ask you this. I do have a question for for any new listeners. What how, how would you what's the one sentence uh, sales pitch on on gruder golf? How would you how would you do that?
0: Oh, and Gruder golf, the company or low expectations, the pod.
1: Uh, if it, if it, if you need two sentences to do one on each, then I'll, I'll take two sentences.
0: Well, so I actually, I guess Gruder golf and low expectations are all about proving to the world that golf is fun and cool. Um, I love- dead stop there you know yeah. that's it <laughs> that's that's the sentence
1: that's great um,
0: you know our, our favorite thing is always when people reach out and they're like oh like i never you know thought that i would ever play golf but like i thought it looked kind of cool when you guys did it so i went out and now i'm obsessed with it and buying clubs like what should i buy you know stuff like that i don't know it's really heartwarming it's weird
1: no it's great <laughs> you, you're you know it's, it's like the um you're, you're getting people hooked that's delightful oh yeah you
3: know how to do that <laughs>
0: All right, so I think that's just about it, guys. Anything else?
2: No. I don't have anything.
0: <laughs> no. Nah. Um, all right. Well, thank you everybody so much for tuning in this week. Um, and feel free to reach out anytime. All the information for contacting us is in the show notes. Uh till next time, hang loose, swing easy, and we'll see you
3: later. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. My soul straight down out of the world, but my fingers holding on of the devil I know. All my troubles are hanging your trigger. Take your eyes off the road, shoot your mouth, you know you're aiming.
2: Don't forget to pick up what you sow. Talking trash to the garbage around
0: you.
1: Yeah, for what it's worth, I think I have been in my own head uh just scratching violently about, you know, like why it, it seems like a very female uh version of of kind of what we do at No Laying Up and not to say that that means it's exclusively for females, I'm sure you guys don't think about it like that, but uh you know, it it just doesn't make sense that this space hasn't really been filled yet because when I look at, you know, as a non-female, when I look at the world of golf, it seems like things are kind of in two buckets as far as media goes. And it's like, there is a super hyper-competitive LPGA coverage. There is nothing in the middle for like normal ass regular people who are paying greens fees and buying equipment and, uh, just playing the game the same way that we play it. So, I don't know if that's your goal to be that niche or not, but uh, that's what it looks like from the outside. And so hopefully that uh, makes sense.
0: No, that's really awesome. Cause that's actually, we've said that pretty much from the beginning. We were like, where are the regular people? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So
0: yeah. Wow. Well, I
1: know. Uh, yeah. On the, on the non-recorded. Uh,
0: yeah. We'll stop recording. Oh yeah, we'll stop recording. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll stop recording. We'll stop recording.